0: They had like a small groups festival (laughs) with booths, and I mean this is this is a decade ago, and I mean I was I was I love the Lord, but my viewpoint of church or church people was like, eh, eh, see. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. host of Life After Addiction. What are you doing? Hey! 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 We're back, baby! Life After Addiction, episode six? Episode six, I believe. Yeah, and so we're in this series, this little mini-series called The Four Pillars. You've heard us talk about God's Word. You've heard us talk about prayer. Today, we're going to talk about a pillar, uh, pillar number three. And it's fellowship. Uh, not just fellowship, we say good fellowship, because there's always the wise guy that's like, yeah, I'm going to get with the guys and go to the strip club, and that's yeah. fellowship. And it's like, nah, good fellowship, God-honoring fellowship. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit around and sing kumbaya. It could be anything, as long as it's God-glorifying, God-honoring, you're fishing, you're canoeing, your are um, just, you know, whatever it is. But fellowship, we're designed by God as creatures to be engaged with others that we're we're creation to be uh in fellowship and that's why it's so important and one of the um as one of the pillars that we daily need to be involved in some sort of fellowship and that doesn't mean that you have to absolutely be with someone every day but definitely being involved having a message calling someone checking in on someone allowing someone to do that with you um, and I mean, I think just even we've been teaching this for years uh, and man, just last year proved how important fellowship is. You know, we had a 30 percent. Rise in overdose deaths, that's just drug overdose, that's not alcohol in 2020 because of the pandemic, because of lockdown astronomically, the numbers rose in suicides as well in 2020. Uh, because of the lockdown, people were not physically allowed or able to go and fellowship to be around others, to have community. And it ended up being devastating, not in just this country, but all over the planet. Things got bad when we locked down.
1: Yeah.
0: Fellowship. What does it mean to you when you hear that?
1: Yeah. Um, for me, you know, it does two things. Um, not only does it allow your brothers and sisters in Christ to know specifically, what to pray for because we learned about the power of prayer yeah. in the last episode but it also disarms the enemy in the sense of those that deception and the lies that he tries to feed us when, we're, when we can kind of move towards that isolation island sometimes on that isolation island those lies seem like truths to me and i tell the guys um that i coach all the time you know and just my brothers in christ in general um sometimes for me it's hardest for me to see God working in myself. It's easy for me to see him working in Adam's life. It's easy to see him working in Carl's life. It's easy to see him working in the men around me lives, but sometimes it's hard to see him working in myself. And I think that godly fellowship reiterates the fact that, Hey man, I see God moving in you in this way. Um, I see the Lord doing mighty things in your life. And sometimes just that little reassurance is all that we need to catapult us, uh, deeper into our relationship with the Lord and continue being steadfast in our faith. Um, and so I have a scripture that I'd like to read and it's from Proverbs 27, 17. Yeah. Um, and it says iron sharpens iron just as one man sharpens another. Mm. And the influence and the impact that godly men have had in my life, um, is far more significant than anything I could ever fathom. It's something that this world doesn't know. You know, there's a secular influence and impact, but a godly influence and impact leads you to eternal life. You know, um, This just reminds me, when I think of fellowship, of one specific moment. Um, I was a student in the program, so this was June of 2017. um, And during the summer, we go on canoeing trips. And so we went out, I think it was on the Duck River. Yeah. um, And we got in pairs, um, and we went out on the river. And so, mind you, I hadn't been sober for longer than a month and probably over 10 years at this point, you know. And so we're out there and I had just given my life to the Lord, probably like a couple of weeks prior to this day. Um, I had learned about his love, his grace, his sacrifice, his mercy, his forgiveness and all these things. And man, I was on fire for God. Yeah. You know, I finally had hope uh, for the first time in many, many years. And so we're out there on the river and I remember just having this moment with God. I'm sitting in my canoe. You know, I had just learned about how God created the heavens and the earth and just I'm out in nature and we're going down this river. And I remember just looking around at the beauty in his creation. And I stood up on that canoe and the presence of the Lord was upon me. And it's so hard to describe it. But I knew in that moment, man, I could have joy apart from drugs. Yeah. And I know it may seem crazy, but for those who have ever struggled with addiction, you understand that that thought or concept is unfathomable apart from Christ. And in that moment, I knew undeniably, man, I could have joy and freedom from this addiction. I just Mm. knew it. The spirit of God inside of me gave me an assurance that, man, this is absolutely possible. Um, And just the atmosphere that S2L creates and the fellowship and the brothers helped me catapult to that place. Um, you feel so dark and alone for so long when you come in here and then you hear stories of men who have testimonies similar to yours. And it's like, okay, maybe I'm not like the biggest piece of crap. Maybe, you Mm. know, I haven't been the only one to do these certain things. And so that fellowship, um, and just that moment for me, um, that was a significant, like significant moment in my walk.
0: Yeah. I mean, by design, that's how God created it to, to thrive as Christians as people, as humans, as brothers and sisters in Christ were designed to have fellowship. And I mean, I just, you brought me back with just the stories of, of we we really try to do things in the program, um, exterior things because me as well, or like you, I remember saying out loud to myself, don't talk to myself that much, especially out loud. But I remember saying out loud to myself, there will never be another day that I don't take this drug Mm. or something because I I had to have it. I had to do it to have fun, to have a conversation, to have a meeting. So let me tell you, if you're watching this, Ryan and I were discussing this, we're making it light, we're having fun, but we're discussing addiction not because we've read addiction books. We have done that. He's in school now. I finished school studying psychology, biblical history, church history, those kind of things, um, counseling, those kind of things. We have done that, but we speak on the authority of God's word, but also our testimony, and our testimony is littered with addiction and with loss. And so hopefully you can hear us. If you're thinking in the same mindset that we were, that you can never thrive or have joy or fun or any of those things unless you take a drug or something like that, know that that's from the pits of hell. That's right. Know that the memories of those, those stories. I mean, we do these all the time, but just, I remember, I think I remember the moment that you're talking about. I'm not sure, but just going down that river and we do it during the week. So like we have the whole thing, we have rent a bunch of canoes and kayaks and stuff or we go paintball or something like that during the week and off times. But I remember the joy and the laughter and the splashing and the camaraderie and the fellowship echoing off of the Hills, man. And it's like, man, wait, is anyone drunk or high? We always ask that at the end, hey, was anyone drunk or high today? And everyone's like, no, no. I was like, all right, you have fun? You're like, yeah, thank you. I go, so let this lie be stomped out today that you no longer have to have some sort of chemical or some sort of whatever to have joy. And man, I love that story. I love doing things like that. Um I think I think fellowship is important. And I want to cover some scripture that that's that really hits this. Um but you've got to get – not only fellowship in groups, but there's got to be a, a person or a couple people in your life that, that you allow to really know you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. To know you fully, to know your blind spots, right? That's I always do this in the class when I teach it, but I'm like I'll, I'll, someone sitting in front of me, I'll use you. I'm like, all right, Ryan, tell me what's behind you exactly right now. And they're like uh, – so some of them are like, I have no idea, and, or some of them try to guess – And I'm like, well, I could tell you, okay, you have a picture, a life after addiction picture. You have a window over there off screen that has a thing over it to black out the light. Uh, And I could just tell you exactly what's behind you. And I go, you know, the problem with your blind spot is that you can't see it. Yeah. But I can. And when you and I allow each other to to know each other, like you said in your thing, man, I get a call or I call the guy in my life. I don't even have to really describe it. He already knows what I struggle with. He knows how to pray for me, and he's there for me. And it just... It's by design, just this beautiful thing, and I want to read Ecclesiastes chapter four uh, verse twelve, and it says this and Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon, who just so you know if you don't know much about the Bible or who Solomon is, uh, he is said to be the wisest man who's ever lived, um, also the richest man who's ever lived, but he people would travel for hundreds of miles, queens and kings and these Leaders in in the world during that time would travel to come hear his um, wisdom. And here's what he writes in verse 12 of chapter 4. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And man, I just, I always think that. I mean, Carl, if we got into a fist fight, he might take me. It's for the pod, bro. It's for the pod. We'll we'll play that out in another episode, man. I'm curious. This this is an example. But if me and Carl got into a fist fight, he might take me. I can't even do that with a straight face. I'm sorry, bro. I believe it. I believe it. He might take me. But if you and I were to fight Carl, he don't get both of us. Right. And it's just like I'm seeing your blind spots, man. We're called to be in this thing. Have people that have your back that know you. That doesn't mean that you just go, and and I'll tell a story here in a minute, but you don't just go and trust everyone with your deepest most things, but there, that does that also doesn't mean that you don't trust anyone. You've got to have people. You've got to be vulnerable in your life and allow people in. And you know what? Honestly, it doesn't even have to be someone who struggled with chemical dependence. Right. It needs to be a strong believer, and I would say men with men, women with women in this Mm -hmm. concept, because, man, that could get into a really um, dangerous situation in the aspect of what God's called us to in righteousness and marriage and sex and things like that. And so I would say men be with men and women be with women so you're not um, engaging in something other than fellowship and being vulnerable for that protection. Um, But it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing with fellowship.
1: Yeah, and the opposite of that right would be isolation. And I think the enemy plays into that so often. I mean, Uh, you even think about whenever he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, you know, he had just come back from 40 days of, of fasting day and night. And he was vulnerable in that moment. He was alone in that moment. Yeah. Um, I think he often comes to us in that same manner. The enemy knows whenever I have started to isolate, whenever I have started to shut out my brothers who I usually talk to, whenever I have become secluded, um, he knows that's a prime and opportune time to attack us. And I think for men especially, man, it's difficult for us to get out of our shell. It's difficult to talk about my deepest and darkest fears. It's difficult to talk about my insecurities. It's, It's difficult. It's like ah, uh, you know, that, that, those, that pit in your stomach where it's like, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. And yeah. you got to have, like you said, a couple men in your life who you can just get real with yeah. and get raw with one. So they know specifically what to pray for, but also to help guide counsel and lead you through certain things. You know, even you look at the disciples, they were sent out in what twos. Yeah. their significance to fellowship and community. And the Bible is very clear that we're called to walk our faith out in community um, yeah. with one another. And yeah, I think that's something that S2L has helped me out tremendously with. It's like, man, we're raw here. We're vulnerable. We're honest. I've I've coached men who have been in the church and involved in the church for 10, 20, 30 years, you know, and they just talk about the realness and the authenticity mm-hmm. of how we get in, in groups and in counseling in counseling sessions and in small groups. And it's like, man, these are our struggles. These are yeah. common struggles against uh, that, that men and women have that, man, I don't have to feel ashamed of. Do I repent for certain things that I know I need to repent for? Certainly, but I don't need to feel ashamed and just hide these in my closet so nobody knows what I'm thinking or saying and certain things that I've done before. It's like, nah, I got to get these out because the enemy is going to use that against you to convince, man, your position in Christ is not solidified. Man, you're not mm. who you think you are. Man, you're not worthy of walking through these things. You, may Those feelings of inadequacy that come.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's, it's interesting where on Life After Addiction, this podcast, S2L as a whole, we're unashamedly biblically mindsetted. Our our viewpoint is a biblical worldview, and unashamedly. Yeah. But we don't disagree with science or medicine and things like that. We think those are from God, and we think, honestly, it's like science is catching up to the Word of God. Yeah. I mean, everything you just said, it's like depression, suicide, loneliness, addiction, overdose, rampant, all of these negative things. And what's the root there? They're isolating. Mm-hmm. There's no one around. There's yeah. no one to check them on their thoughts. There's no one to say or to just hear them, hear them, not even have to check them, just be of someone that shows they care and love. Yeah. But I mean, when it comes to that person in your life and you got, when I say you have to allow them permission, because if not, you won't. And every time they try to check you, it's, defensive mode now have grace for yourself know that you're probably going to respond badly at first in this process when okay. someone checks you and calls you an idiot and if you respond badly as soon as you can come and apologize even if you disagree with what they're checking you on hey i've asked you to be this person in my life i'm sorry I, man that's my pride and i'm really trying to die to that yeah but you got to allow people to speak in your life man and and if someone says you're jacking up listen listen And, and I mean, you said it was really hard for us to do, and, and I'll just kind of share my story of something that's really like blessed my, me, my family, my growth, my everything. And, And it's about fellowship. Well, when I first, my wife first moved here, when I first, I was interning possibly, or just first on staff, um at s2l my wife moved here and we knew we had to find a church well we went to a couple and then we went to our church life point and both looked at each other afterwards like this is the one we're supposed to be at and it was just it was amazing because we prayed god we don't want to we don't want to shop a long time god lead us to where we're supposed to go and it was amazing he led us there and so at that time i was working um every other weekend i was on every other sunday i was working at, at the lodge and so I'd get to go to, with my wife to church every other Sunday. Well, one of the Sundays that I wasn't at church, they had like a small groups festival <laughs> with booths. And I mean, this is this is a decade ago. And I mean, I was I was I love the Lord, but my viewpoint of church or church people was like, eh, eh, eh. You know, they're yeah. kind of nerdy in my mind. Oh, yeah. I played sports and right. I didn't know I was an idiot. Right. And so my wife, when I got home from work, she's like, I signed us up for a small group. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, huh, you did, you signed me up? She goes, yeah, us. I'm like, um, and it's great. They only meet every other week too, so you can go. I go, honey boo. Ah. So now like the ones, the two Sundays I have off a month, I'm going to go to church and then lunch and then go to these people's houses. That's right. She just goes, yeah. I was like, oh. Ah. I don't know about. It. She goes, yeah. So I just had a bad attitude about it. And then I remember the Sunday, the first time we were meeting, and we pulled up to these people's house, and we were a little late. And I was like, hey, let's just catch them next time, you know. So I'd be like, two more weeks later, we're late, we're going to make a bad impression. Let's just go next time. My wife is like, you might wear the pants, but uh, if you ever want to get into my pants again, you'll get into this house. So I was like, whoa, whoa, honey boo. <laughs> so I walked in. Yes, ma'am. But I was mad. I was haughty. I'm, like, I'm going to show her. I'll go in there. But I'm going to show her. So we walked in. and I mean, I'm sorry. This is a podcast for adults. I shouldn't have said that. But we're a married couple, and that's a good thing. God made sex. But we, we went to into the room, and it was just leave it to Beaver, man. We went around the room. It was like, hey, hey, Comers, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and they went around, and they just yeah. – and I'm not – these are my friends. But – They went around the room and it just was like, everything was perfect. Yeah. Zippity doo. We're the so-and-sos and and it's a good day. (laughs) And it went around the room and I go, it got to us. And I go, here's my chance. We'll never come back here again. And I go, Hey guys, we're the comers. I just got out of rehab stole a whole bunch of stuff man lived a life of addiction god i our, our ravaged our marriage stole from everyone everything was bad and god restored us now and now i'm working for the ministry and you know god redeemed me from all of that and as i'm saying all of their mouths were like and my wife was like yeah that's true god is good yeah yeah you know she's over there like agreeing but everyone's face their jaws just hit the floor and then when i got done man And I've told this story before, but it's everything I think of when I think about fellowship. When I got done and their jaws stood still on the floor, it seemed like a 30-minute silence. But it was probably like a three-second silence. And one of the coolest things in the world happened. The host, whose house it was, who was the leader of the small group, he goes, Yeah!
1: (laughs) Finally!
0: We get real in this room. And I kid you not, man, it went back around the room. And things were confessed. Mm,
1: That's powerful. The
0: mask came off and, and we all grew as, and and these are my closest friends to the day. I mean, the small group leader, I'm, I'm their kid's godparent. Like if they pass away, I'm the one to raise their kid. And I'm, and they just adopted him from Haiti and he's like 12. And it's like, what an honor, Mm or 13 now. He, like, what an honor. So, like, all of this power of attorney stuff, like, whoa, 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 this dude doesn't see me. Like, maybe some people, he only sees the redeemed, this this family sees me as the redeemed man. And and so much so that they, the honor of wanting to raise their kid if something happens to them. And it's like, man, are we going on vacations with them? These are the people we do life with. Mm-hmm. And it all started with just, Probably a haughty spirit of mine to be honest. Probably well a boldness of my wife to sign us up. Know that we needed fellowship. Right. Know that we needed community outside of just S two L, and going in and doing that man and like, it it's just changed me. That that guy his name's Peyton. That guy to this day I mean he knows me and I know him. But that whole that whole group man we're still friends. Actually Brian Thomas was in that group. That oh, we talked about awesome. a few. I think, Shout out nah, to Brian Thomas. I don't know. Maybe he was in that small group. I don't know if he was there that day. But from Williamson College, we yeah. talked about him. Dr. Brian Thomas talked about him a few weeks ago. Um, but I mean, it's to this day. These are the people that man I do life with and I trust. And it's like
1: it's fellowship is what it was designed to be. Yeah. So I don't know. And that's amazing. You know, I think we can be the catalyst for that type of atmosphere where that authenticity is the norm. Yeah. You know, um, we can cultivate that atmosphere. You know, it reminds me of just discipling the men that I do. And I, I see how, I see how our other coaches disciple as well. You know, I always talk about things that I struggle with or things that I've been through myself, and I get real and raw with them. And what that does in them, it's like, okay, well, maybe it's okay to let some of these things out that I've been holding in for so long that have really been spiritually hindering me because I don't really realize the impact they're having on me negatively. So, whenever we're able to come out of ourselves and just get raw with it, get vulnerable, be honest. say what it is man that inspires other guys I, I i tell the guys at devotional i see some of them they do that and yeah. you just see it I, I i like watching their faces and stuff and you see it Th- this guy may speak up about something that these two guys over here weren't going to talk but so and so just brought this up and now it sparks something in him and then it sparks something in this guy and i think that's such a beautiful thing whenever we can come to that place as as men because pride is pride has been the downfall of man for since the beginning, Yeah. you know, and pride will, will not allow me to talk about my fears cause that's weak. It yeah. won't let me talk about my insecurities cause that's weak. It won't let me talk about anxiety or depression that I struggle with. Cause that's weak. And I have to walk around, you know, and act like nothing phases me and actually showing emotion and expressing emotion is strength. Yeah. Like
0: it's so, it's such a, it's such a, The dichotomy of that, and I don't even know if that makes sense for me to say that there, but the the duplicity, the the intentional part of when we try to portray that we're perfect, what you're really saying, like when you're, when everything's perfect, right? And that's what we've been molded to be. Like everything's fine. How you doing, brother? You know, everything's good and it's this pride um, that, but when we portray that, you know what? maybe you haven't thought about this. Like maybe y'all haven't thought about this, but when you portray that, do you know what you're really saying? What you're really saying is you don't need the cross because you are perfect. You, you've you kept the commandments perfect. You have no sin in your life. And so when, when you're portraying that, that ends badly for everyone. Yeah. It makes other people feel like, oh, this person doesn't have a clue what's going... This person doesn't deal with the things I deal with, so I shouldn't talk about mine because I'm embarrassed and prideful. And it makes you think... It makes you project the fact that you don't need the gospel, that Jesus didn't work. You don't need Jesus. Mm. Now, we just want to be clear we we say and stand by take your mask off be known by people but again just reiterate that doesn't mean there are wicked people out there that will use things against you so we're not saying i mean not like i did or like some of us do because i just don't give a rip but be wise be wise learn get to know people and get vulnerable take your mask off and again that group that i went into none of them dealt with chemical dependence but they're all jacked up people and they don't mind me telling you that. You know how I know because they need Jesus because they live in a fallen world. And man, being in this ministry for a decade now, what I've learned so much about addiction, so much about people struggling with addiction, but I've also learned everyone's jacked. Yeah. Everyone's jacked up. Like everyone needs Christ. Everyone needs that cross. Everyone needs forgiveness. Everyone needs relationships and fellowship. And man, if if from the rooms of recovery, the revival of the nation, it's because we have seen too much. Yeah. And we don't care anymore. We don't care what the world thinks anymore. We're going to be, look what God did in my life.
1: If he did that in my life, he could do it in yours. Mm. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on. Yeah, that's powerful. And just to reiterate what you said. I don't mean it in the sense of everyone, you know, right. there's, yeah, yeah. there's only honestly in my life, there's, there's a couple, a handful of guys. Now I work at, at a ministry and I'm blessed to have the brothers I do. Yeah you know, um, but it, it's really for most people, it's only going to be a few people and that's perfectly fine. It may be a couple, it may be one to start, but God will put the right men in your life, um, that are going to have the wisdom and the knowledge, um, and the leadership ability to, to help guide you through certain things. So it's not go tell everybody on the street, every problem that you have, cause you're going to get some ill advice along the way. If you do that.
0: Yeah. Or wicked people will try to hold things and use, use things against you. That's
1: real. We live in a
0: fallen world, but that's not an excuse not to get vulnerable with the right people.
1: Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You got any closing thoughts? Um, Fellowship, man. Um, I've been blessed with fellowship and, and it's absolutely essential for our spiritual health and navigating through the course of life life is difficult life is tough and apart from having that fellowship and community i am easily deceived by the lies of the enemy um, so just that fellowship the camaraderie amongst brothers and sisters in christ um, in the church itself it's essential for your spiritual health
0: amen amen i'm not gonna add anything to that that's Come life after addiction